Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Friend of a Friend. It's your host, Olivia Perez, and you are listening to our mini series, Call Your Friends, where I call some of my closest friends from around the globe and check in on them in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. This week features my great, amazing, and talented friend, Madison Utendahl, the founder and CCO of her own content creation and social media company, Utendahl Creative. Madison is a storytelling genius. She was on the founding teams of Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, Refinery29's 29 Rooms, and the Museum of Ice Cream, where she's led social media strategy and experiential marketing initiatives that even won her two Webby Awards. Madison and I met through mutual friends when I was a college student in New York. She's been an invaluable friend to me, someone who's watched me grow over the past few years, mentored me through work challenges, been a shoulder to cry on when I have absolutely lost my shit, which is often, and a standing once a month 9 a.m. breakfast day at Ruby's that I always look forward to. Shout out, Ruby's. We miss you so much. In this episode, Madison gives us a masterclass in marketing with empathy, tells us all about the non-negotiable additions to her routine during quarantine, how touching base with her grandmother has brought her solace and clarity, and the best advice she has for brands who need to be pivoting right now. As always, I am sending you all virtual love from my couch to yours. Let's start the show. How you doing, mama? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm in upstate New York. Cindy and I, as I told you, booked it from the city. I don't blame you at all. I think that's a smart move physically and mentally. But it's also like such a privilege, you know, like I'm trying to also be very mindful of how lucky we are to be able to make that type of decision and then also act on it, right? Like there's a lot of people who feel the same way, but to actually get out there and do it is tough. And then some people don't care at all. I feel really grateful to have been able to be in LA and not be in the city to some extent. I just don't think it would be good for my mental state. But oh my God, Mm -hmm. I see one more tweet about people being like, if you're a person that left New York City during this time, like, just don't come back. Like, you're not loyal. You're not a real New Yorker. And I just literally want to be like, this is a fucking nightmare. Like, (laughs) this is not about teams. Like, this is not about, like, no. Like, just no. Like, shut up. Mind your business. Like, right. Let's not create additional things to separate us right now. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not like a Twitter rant person, but I stopped myself the other day from just like losing my absolute shit on someone and just being like, yeah, what's wrong with you? Like, Why? what about the people that like are alone and need to go somewhere else or like leave to take yeah. care of their families or like all these things? Yeah. Like, yeah, so true. There's so many like, reasons. There are so many food. reasons. <laughs> like, oh God. Okay. So I'm glad I that I didn't rant on Twitter, but I ranted on my podcast. You know, it's all about <laughs> figuring out what mediums work right for you. Finding, these days. Yeah. Finding your own medium. 
I have found that like my like thresholds for tolerance for like negativity on social media is at like a negative zero. I have no hesitations in blocking, unfollowing, removing, none of it. I'm just like, if you have no joy or positivity to put onto this universe, like best of luck, wish you well, not for me. For people just tuning in, I am live on a Zoom call. We love quarantine days (laughs) with one of my dear friends and mentors, even though she doesn't really know it, Madison Newton doll. (laughs) (laughs) She has lend her creative brain to some amazing places. I love that you call yourself an alumna of all of your prior jobs Mm -hmm. from Refinery29 to Museum of Ice Cream. And now she runs her own creative agency called Utendahl Creative. And she's absolutely genius. And I love and appreciate her so much. I'm so happy she's on the show today. What an intro. My God, I'm flattered. You're making me cry. I do really miss you. I actually was thinking so much about this series and the people that I have gravitated towards first. You and I had a pretty mutual conversation about this, but like, I don't think you knew that I was just waiting for the right opportunity to ask you. Madison literally texted me and we were talking and just catching up and she was like, hey, you know, I have a lot to say in a specific field and think it would be really valuable if we did an episode. And I literally responded saying, I've been too shy to ask you. So (laughs) (laughs) it's been really like introspective to me to see what kind of people I've been gravitating towards to be on Call Your Friends because they are people that I've noticed like historically that I've had beautiful nurturing friendships with, but are all people that have also taken the time to mentor me in some way. And I'm so appreciative of that. So thank Girl, you. Girl, likewise. Our Ruby's breakfast. We're going to reunion. Oh, no, I'm know. really going to cry. Oh. Madison and I have like a monthly Ruby's <laughs> in Nolita breakfast and we can't have that right now. I know. Ruby's is doing incredible work though. It made me really proud that that was our monthly staple, seeing like all the food that they're giving out and how they're supporting healthcare workers. I was like, yes. We actually talked about Ruby's on episode one of Call Your Friends. I had a friend on here who was like the first thing I did when this went down is went and bought a Ruby's gift card. So oh, Ruby's well, has a special yeah. place on this show. Special place. <laughs> Special, special, special place. place. I'm excited to be here. I love what you've been doing. I remember when we were talking about this from a while ago when it wasn't even a podcast and you were like, I have this idea and now you're doing it. Thanks. I hope you're proud of yourself. (laughs) I am. I'm also feeling very fulfilled. So that's a new feeling that I'm excited about. Yeah, totally. Totally. So tell us, I know you said you were with your sister, but so tell us where you're quarantined with who set us up with where you are right now. I am currently in the Catskills in upstate New York. I'm in Saugerties, which is a small little town about 15 minutes from Woodstock. I'm with my sister and our three animals. There are two dogs and a cat in this house who will, I can bet you, will probably interrupt this session as they do everything that I do every single day. I love seeing the dogs and the cats and like and the, the babies. babies and the kids oh, and yeah, all the things. Yeah. I think it's so much fun. It's so human. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just one of those things where it actually I find it's humanizing everyone. Like I was on a conference call with a client and her husband walked behind us and he was just like in his boxers and she was like, oh my God. <laughs> and it just was so human and real and funny because she was sitting in a blazer and he's like, I'm sorry. Oh, and just those moments. So the great equalizer. Yeah. They just put everyone in the same playing field. I love it. It's been bringing me so much joy. How are you feeling today? What a simple but great question. I actually feel good today. I am somebody for the first time in my life, I'm taking things day by day. I am a planner. I have an organizer. I'm a prepper. I am like scheduled always have been, always will be. And I can't do that right now. 
sort of learning about a side of me that I've never had to embrace. And it's interesting. It's really interesting. But today is a good day. I'm just, you know, taking it moment by moment. I think when we all entered quarantine, we were like, okay, we're going to do this thing. Like it's going to be a thing. We shift the objects in our life. We shift the actions in our life, whether it's like going to the market, hanging out with friends. Like those were all tangible things that we knew we would have to shift. I definitely did not enter quarantine thinking that I would, like you, understand a different side of myself and Mm -hmm. not by choice. I think that's been a really interesting journey to analyze certain things about ourselves that we might not like, analyze the strengths and weaknesses. Mm Mm-hmm. That's been a super interesting thing to look at that I just well, didn't How are expect. you feeling today? I feel good today. I know. I mm-hmm. feel like my listeners are probably going to get frustrated with me after a while because they're like, you always feel good. You know, it's the same thing where it's like, you know, I'm doing something that I love when I yeah. am doing these interviews and I'm grateful that I have work in some way and mm-hmm. I get to talk to people like you who are friends that I haven't seen and I miss so dearly. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, that has been super crucial to like my mental stability and my sanity. Mm-hmm. It's a moment by moment and where I have 100%. found that routine for me has become non-negotiable in the way non- that it has been before. negotiable Yeah. And my routines are long. I have like a long morning routine. What is it? So I put my phone on airplane mode at night, which drives my family crazy because they think it's dangerous. And I'm like, it's fine. But I put my phone on airplane mode at night and I wake up and almost two hours before I need to do anything. And I journal, I have a gratitude journal. I do morning pages, which is this exercise in the artist way. Highly recommend anyone reading it. The idea is that you take three pages of an empty journal and you just word vomit. You'd empty out your brain before you start the day. So literally sometimes my journals are like, make sure you like freaking clean the bathtub. Make sure that you respond to this client. And other times my journals are like heartfelt, emotional and deep, but it's whatever I woke up experiencing. I empty, I meditate. And then I walk my dog without my phone. It's a morning routine. Did you have that before? No. I did. I've had it for a really long time. I don't get to do all four things every day. It's a great day if I can hit all four things and I can do all four things on the weekend. But my routine has now evolved to be like one or two of these things a day is a requirement, like a non-negotiable because it's the only thing also that really resets me and allows for me to take a moment and say, okay, it's a new day. What am I looking forward to? What am I excited about? What am I grateful for and what do I need to remind myself of those four steps allow for me to have those moments and then I can get myself into the thick of things I think also what you understand too when you as a business owner there's so much responsibility that you just live with that like this is under my name this is my responsibility like my face is on top of this if this falls like that's me there's nothing else that falls except me And that's a pressure we all live with subconsciously, whether or not we think it's weighing on us. It is. (laughs) Maybe maybe it's in the back of your head, back, back, back. Maybe it's not an active thought, but it is one that I think just continues to build and lets you reset every single day. I love that. If you're feeling comfortable enough, can you tell us about what some things are that you journaled about today, whether that's what you're grateful for or like something you wanted to accomplish today? Today, my journal, I talked about how much I enjoy my morning cup of coffee. It is just like, it's something that I, I genuinely am one of those people that love coffee. Like I wake up every morning and I'm like, yes, 
can't wait for that cup of coffee. And if you've been around me, which you have not been without coffee, it is a dangerous sight. Like you don't want to be around me when I have another cup of coffee. So I actually journaled for a bit about my coffee. I'm just learning how to take and have appreciation for really small, trivial things like a morning cup of coffee. Small wins. Uh, yeah. And, you know, today I went deeper. I, you know, I, I've been thinking a lot about how, you know, people of color, especially African-American women are being disproportionately impacted by coronavirus. And I am an African-American woman with immense privilege to which I, I know I have. And I'm feeling a little helpless right now with how I can support and be there for my community in a more active way. So I journaled about that this morning, about really trying to get into the weeds of like what I can do. I have a friend who I've been watching on Instagram journal in a similar way. She wakes up in the morning and she writes all these things. And then immediately after she's written it and kind of sat with it for a second, she burns it. And mm. I thought that that's so interesting because I think right now I've mm. seen so many posts and so much conversation about like whether it's dark thoughts or sadness or even like weird dreams that people are having. And yeah. I do think there's something really interesting about maybe not needing to necessarily like put that into your universe, but just writing it down mm-hmm. and getting it out of you and then making it go away. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause like, I don't actually go back and read my journals. Hmm. It's weird. It's almost as if like the, once the page is turned, it's as if I burned it. I don't ever refer back to them. Occasionally I'll have these like crazy, like creative bursts that happen while I'm journaling right. and an idea will come into play and I'll like, fold over that page. So I know that's the page that I need to refer back to. Yeah. But yeah, I think there's something to be said about it being a brain dump and letting your body and your mind just like completely exhaust itself into words. And then letting that be a healing moment for you in your day and moving forward. I love that. So your morning routine is super crucial to you, but how are you building structure throughout the rest of your day, especially now where things mm-hmm. really just, it feels endless to me. Like, I don't know what day it is. Yeah, right oh now. my gosh, I have no I idea. And you're someone that has historically worked in so many different places, whether it's like an office, and I, like you work from home. Mm-hmm. And I love the post that you did the other day about just having worked in so many different environments, whether it's like a living room or your bedroom and all of these things. So I yeah. would love to hear a little bit about how you're building structure and any advice that you have for people that like are new to this space of working from home? Yeah, no, it's, I'm, I'm a work in progress. There are days I'm super scheduled and my structure is, you know, solid. And I have, I'll say two hours of meetings in the morning, two hours of breaks, two hours of meetings in the evening. Like I'll have that type of structure and it goes smoothly. And other days, like that structure is just not possible based upon people being sick on my team or, clients needing, you know, something in a really timely manner that wasn't there yesterday. So what I've done or what I'm starting to do, and it's something that Jay Shetty does that I think is really amazing is he sets days with no meetings at what he calls creative days. And it's like non-negotiable. His whole team knows about these days. He cannot be reached. He is like completely off the grid. That's a bit extreme for me right now. I'm not at his level yet one day, knock on wood, but I've set these days where I'm like, there is no non-negotiables. It's my personal day. Like there are days for friends or days for podcasting with friends, there are days for journaling and just focusing on the things that are bringing me personal joy. So that is my new structure is that I have days on and days off. I have way more days on than days off, but my day off, like my Wednesdays are my no meetings, non-negotiables, don't even try it, can't be reached, just personal. You know, it's also just such a privilege to even take creative time. And how do we as creatives who can take that time 
say to ourselves, wow, like this is such an incredible privilege. How do I honor this and respect this? And in my opinion, that means by doing it, if you can, there's no part of me that takes for granted that I recognize right now that I'm in, we're in unique spaces in time and place that we can actually take creative time for ourselves. Um, Not everyone's fortunate enough to do that. So. So you are a founder of your own storytelling and content agency, Undal Creative. If you guys have not read a story that just came out on Madison, it's on Forbes.com. And it's all about how she is working with her brands right now to lead with empathy. And I've talked a lot on this show about how it must be really challenging right now as a small business or any business Mm -hmm. to keep going in any way, Mm -hmm. whether that's financially, also finding your voice in this challenging time, finding ways to give back and finding ways to also be a leader and keep your community Mm -hmm. tight. And I loved that you focused that story on how important it is to lead with empathy Mm -hmm. in a time where shit is fucking scary. If you could, I'd love for you to speak a little to the story and just the message that you're trying to share with so many brands right now. Yeah. Karen Elder, who wrote it, is just an incredible, incredible writer. And I I was, I feel really privileged that she was the woman who I had the opportunity of speaking with. But the whole premise, or just really the whole premise of the agency in general is this idea that there's no story without human emotion, empathy. And if as a brand, you expect people to be loyal to you and connect with you, how are you emotionally connecting with them? Yeah, I learned that when I, you know, was on the founding team of Last Week's Night with John Oliver, and I had the honor of working with John. And John taught myself and everyone who worked on Last Week's Night, who still works in Last Week's Night, it's in season I think seven now, which is so crazy. It makes me feel really old. But that you can take any subject matter, any subject matter that might be difficult to understand, to digest, or something you just frankly just don't even want to hear, and if you add human emotion to it empathy, humor, like accessibility, fun, love, excitement, it becomes digestible because there are things we all can understand. So I live by not know and understand fully your lived experience. I can understand when you tell me you're excited about something because I know what it means to be excited. In the same way, when you're like, I'm really upset, I know what it means to be upset. So we connect on what we share from an emotional perspective. So within the agency space or what we're doing at Newton Creative is we're helping brands find and meet their consumers with that emotional connection that is often totally not there when it comes to storytelling. Yeah. You know, like they are just pushing product, buy this, buy this, buy this. It's very alarmist and it's actually not rooted in any sense of empathy with their consumer. Ultimately, I, I, do, I do believe that even at the most mundane subjects, you can extract great human emotion from them great human emotion. It's just a matter of you're choosing to look for it. That's our goal with every brand we work with is helping them find their emotional tenants and helping them storytell with those tenants to the world. It's not just about acquisition. It's about long-term growth, marathons, brands that have loyal customers are ones that are going to hit an emotional cord right now so that when we do feel comfortable and the economy goes back, and we have the opportunity to buy things more comfortably, we're going to say, you know, I, I remember that. I remember they saw me and they heard me and they cared. So I'll buy it from them. For those of you who don't know, Madison leads social media at Judy, mm-hmm. which is an emergency preparedness kit, which if you do not have, you absolutely <laughs> need. I have one in my house. I have one in my parents' house. Like it is essential. I'd love to just hear a little bit about what, you know, when 
coronavirus really hit the beginning. I can't even say hit its peak Mm -hmm. because I don't know where we are right now. But hit the beginning, what kind of conversations were you having with your team and your brands Mm -hmm. in order to be like, this is huge. We need to shift. And this is how we're going to do it. Yeah, I have been on an unfollowing spree. If a brand is insensitive or unsensitive to, to what they're putting out there, I unfollow. And so I started to say to myself and the team, what are your human experiences that you're feeling right now with some of the brands? And a lot of them said they were unfollowing brands that were posting things like, this is quarantine chic. Brands, that, things that just did, felt so insensitive and just really, really, really not rooted in like the paralysis we all were experiencing. It's insane. Literally and, within three days of LA being mandated, uh, the stay-at-home order being mandated, I was getting... PR emails like for my Forbes account being like, hey, like here's new outfits for your quarantine weekend. Like, let's do it. And I was just like, this better not be what it's going to be like moving forward. It's dangerous. It's really dangerous. It's really dangerous. Because there is, you know, quarantine chic and trying to advertise and promote quarantine chic is just not the road to go down. (laughs) That is just not the road to go down. But I quickly realized that where brands were going to fall and then where there was going to be a big fall from grace were brands that were just not thinking about how people were feeling. And ultimately, to make a smart purchasing decision, oftentimes we have to be clear-headed, right? We have to feel a sense of like focus in our decisions that we're going to be buying and what we decide that we're going to buy. And so for Judy specifically, you know, our strategy at first was, you know, we needed to teach the world and have people understand why they needed to buy an emergency preparedness kit. But it became very, very clear to me that if you're too anxious and overwhelmed with how to even get out of your bed and there's an earthquake and Judy is sitting right in front of you, you will not be able to get through that anxiety to even know how to handle and deal with the Judy, right? Like the physical preparedness has no value if you're not emotionally and mentally prepared. And so we quickly pivoted and I shifted our strategy to be, again, about empathy. We needed to become a preparedness resource that wasn't just about being physically prepared, but about being emotionally and mentally prepared. Because otherwise, the physical, tangible part of the brand would have no value because you physically, literally could not get to the product if you're sitting in your bread and you're just freaking out. So that's the strategy. That's how we've moved. We've now become this actual resource for mental preparedness, emotional preparedness. We want to be a sense of joy and help people understand that they can and will get through this. And Judy is here to help them versus buy the Judy. You need the Judy. You never know what's going to happen. That actually doesn't necessarily help anyone. It's the pivot and strategy we've taken for every client that we've had or that we have, I should say, and will continue to have. But I encourage for any brand out there to think, am I leading with empathy? Am I actually listening to the consumer and what they're looking for? And the other option is just ask. You know, for brands like, I don't know what to post. I'm going to post a quarantine sheet post. (laughs) That's a way bigger risk than just asking your audience in a fully transparent way, what do you want to see from us? And I think there's a misconception also that I've heard a lot of like winning through COVID is growth and profit. No, winning through COVID is getting through COVID, period. If you get through and you have $2 in your bank account, you got through it. That's what we have to focus on is putting that energy and supporting people like step by step, Let's make it to the finish line here, not by putting pressure on brands and and influencers and just people in general to take this time as an opportunity to become this huge, you know, cash flow positive business. That is an insane amount of pressure. And I think it's really reductive to 
the harsh realities that we're living in right now. I mean, there are days I wake up and my brain is total mush. And I feel mush. like I am in a full paralysis. And it takes me a while to get out of it. And I know a lot of people feel that way. So we need to just be more, like just way more empathetic that everyone is just trying to get by. People need to understand that we are going through a collective trauma. Of course, our brains are sludge. And paralysis, totally feel you. Totally normal. And I think that we have to lean into those moments. I'm not a believer in like masking them and just like pushing through and working. I'm so not a believer in that. Like if you are having an off day, lean into it, let it go through your system. My favorite question to ask on the Call Your Friend series is what way has someone reconnected with you or checked in on you that has felt most impactful? Wow, that's a great question. Actually, I heard from my dad's friend who I last saw over Christmas. And he just texted me out of nowhere, just saying, hey, just wanted to check in, kid. How you doing? And it was so simple and it was at a really tough moment. My freaking car got towed, which was like the worst timing ever. <laughs> I was literally standing in the tow yard waiting for my car. Anyone listening has had their car towed and standing in the tow yard. It's just a dark experience regardless of what day and time it is. And that text hit my phone and it was so impactful. It was so simple. Just checking on you, kid. It really just made me realize like how the simplest message of just seeing how someone's doing can just go so far. I would say the other like most impactful moments of connection I've had are, um, I am so fortunate. I have one grandparent who's still around and she is incredible. And every time I talk to her, she is just such a source of calm and reassurance. She's just like, listen, we'll be fine. I've lived through a lot of things will be fine. If anyone listening has the opportunity to speak with someone who's elderly, it can actually be incredibly reassuring, right? They've lived through a lot. And for her to still have that sense of, I'm good, I'm hanging in there, you know, day by day. It's just, it's so powerful. I was texting you the other day and you said something that's been really helpful for you are the Judy journals. And I'd love if you could share with us a little bit about them because I'm sure there are some people on here who haven't heard of them and they might help them as well. Yeah. I mean, it's really interesting because this actually selfishly started as like a form of self-therapy for my team and I. We were doing a lot of research on COVID, uh, spending a lot of time on WHO and CDC, like really getting into the weeds from a research perspective to make sure that we were putting out the most accurate content ever. And it was getting depressing. So we came up with this idea for the Judy Journal, which is a twice a week journal on Instagram, or I should say Instagram story that looks like a newspaper clipping. That's just really great news that's happening in the world right now. We try to center it. Amen. Yeah. We try to center it on little things as much as big things. Like for example, there was a rainbow in New York City a couple of days ago, which is awesome. And something that we should all be excited about. I think there's great symbolism there. You know, it's just stories about people doing incredible things that are benefiting community. You know, Judy, when people ask often, like, what is Judy? Who is Judy? What's the origin of the name? Like, in our opinion, Judy is a person or a place or a community that is helping people get through, right? Because the origin of the product is this preparedness product. So it's preparing and helping people get to the next step. So the journal has just been a lot of fun. 
it's been really heartwarming to see just the incredible kindness and gratitude and just sense of selflessness that's occurring in this world right now. Some of the most heartwarming stories that I've read have been ones that require nothing but just a human's heart, right? Like there's no actual tangible, quantifiable, anything that's monetary. It's literally just someone doing something with their soul and being so powerful. It is really powerful. I love that. So yes, if you are listening right now, are you ready, set Judy on Instagram? Mm -hmm. Yeah, ready, set Judy. Yeah, Yeah. ready, set Judy on Instagram. Thank you for clarifying that and follow it. It has been such an amazing resource for emergency preparedness and beyond, obviously. I think we all need a little bit of good news right now. What advice do you have for small brands right now that are trying to navigate this time, whether it's financially, socially, anything along those lines? Mm -hmm. I mean, the one thing I keep saying is have patience with this process as best as you can. You are allowed to not know what to do and how to move forward. Everyone has permission to be in that space right now, especially as a small business. There are some incredible resources out there that I swear by that I think are doing brilliant work. There's a platform called Hello Alice, and they are a small business LinkedIn almost, where they have resources and guides and grants that are all catered to help small businesses survive and thrive. Amazing. And they also have a specific mindset where they also very much cater and help supporting women, people of color, LGBTQ, anyone who's disabled, because that demographic, women, LGBTQ, people of color, disabled, are actually the new majority. We make up more of the world's population but we still identify and are kind of pivoted and put in this bucket as being the minority. There are more women in the world than there are men, but yet we don't have that mindset. So their whole premise, how else is for everyone, I will say. It's not just for the new majority, but they do have a lot of amazing resources. If you're a female-founded business who have a certain percentage of female employees, they have a resource and guide and suggestion for you. It's incredible. You can curate the types of knowledge you want to receive I'm just a big fan of what they're doing. I think they're incredibly helpful. Yeah. And I think that, you know, from a small business perspective, there's almost like three ways that everyone has to pivot is that there is that financial pivot, right? It's like apply for every grant, it's free money. Apply for grants as much as you can. We have also, I think, great examples. I saw that Danny Meyer and Shake Shack returned their PPP loan money, which is super important. I hope other big brands step into realizing what it means to be a genuine small business and why this money should be allocated towards small businesses wholeheartedly. But there's the financial security and things that you can do to support yourself. I think creatively, as a small business, you have permission to try and test, so try to have fun with it, right? Like big conglomerates take, first of all, they've already have a year's out worth of content planned. It's a small business. We all know that's not like happen. We all wake up and we're kind of like, what are we doing today? <laughs> That's the nature of being a small business. Take that as an opportunity. Have fun with your creativity. Try new things. Test it. It's actually something that big businesses cannot do. It's not worked into their infrastructure and their workflows. So the agility and ability that we all have as small businesses right now to create content on on flexible terms without having to send it to 25 people for approval, take that as an opportunity and run with it. Like be as creative and weird. A, B test as much as you want. Try new things. I think people are also really receptive and empathetic to all that right yes. now. Yes, yes. I, th- I was going to say the consumer and the, our audiences right now in the world are very willing and receptive of that. And then I think the last thing from like a strategy perspective is think marathon and not short term as best as you can. So maybe have fun and creativity with your content 
but business-wise, strategically, like tap into as many resources as you can to, you know, just to proof your business for the time being. Do you cut all ads right now? What decisions do you have to make as a business in order to survive this and get through this? So it might not be the most comfortable decisions, but I do think it's important to try if you can to strategize for as much of a long-term run through as you can. I know the way that I'm doing it is like, I am just taking every call, submitting every proposal. I mean, we are just grinding. Do what you can to plan ahead if possible. I love that. A lot there about taking opportunities that are in front of you right now, which I mm-hmm. really, really am actively thinking about every day. What are you paying attention to the most in terms of something that you are aspiring to give back to, whether it's like something systematically that you think is wrong or is there a GoFundMe that mm-hmm. caught your eye? What is kind of in the back of your mind right now in terms of the way you want to give back? Yeah, undeniably, it's drawing and bringing more attention to how and why coronavirus is disproportionately impacting people of color. There are a lot of institutional systematized reasons why this is happening. It's not genetic. I've heard some crazy racist like ideologies, which are absolutely nuts. So anything to both like contradict and challenge those assumptions is something that's very important to me. And that also goes to xenophobia. You know, even though I'm not Asian American, I feel a deep sense of responsibility as some of my closest friends are Asian American or just Asian to bring to light some of the absurdities that are being perpetuated in our world right now um, that are incredibly harmful. And we have seen in so many examples that, that if that vernacular continues to percolate, it can have long-term severe consequences. So 100%. You know, like the biggest thing for me right now is like, how do I be an ally and really step into what it means to be an ally? Because so much of my life, I've had the privilege of having allies for me. And so what re- I feel the responsibility right now to be an ally And I'm figuring out what that means and what that looks like. But it's something that I'm really, really looking forward to figuring out and also being patient with myself and how. I have been supporting small businesses on my block whose services I'm not using. Like my dry cleaner, I'm not going to my dry cleaner. I'm still paying for things in my dry cleaner because ultimately these businesses that are small, that are in our neighborhoods are our family and our community in many ways. And I will be heartbroken at the end of this if I go back and none of them are there. That to me is a tragedy. And I really hope that doesn't happen. I'm going to get emotional if I keep talking about it. I love my little community and where I am. Anything I can do to support the businesses and restaurants and coffee shops and dry cleaners and dog care places around me, I'm doing what I can. But I'm also doing my research. Like I am somebody who's very conscious about where we send our money. There are a lot of scams a lot of scams. So many scams. People be super vigilant. It's insane. It's insane. I'm probably getting at and, least one or two in my email every day. Oh, every day. And sometimes the bigger guys, like the Red Crosses of the world, they don't need your $10 as much. As the small ones. The smaller ones. So while it's easier to give to the Red Cross, and you can trust the Red Cross, and I am by no means saying don't support the Red Cross. Go for the Red Cross. The Red Cross is doing amazing things. But... If you have the time to do a little bit more research, do it. Take the time and just support a smaller business or a smaller nonprofit that are doing incredible work, especially when it comes. I mean, I think, you know, this is more of a call to action to anyone who's listening. I would love suggestions if any of your listeners have on how to support people or women and children who are experiencing domestic violence right now. I have been at a loss 
at where to go and what to do. But it is something that I'm like, holy crap, like we have to help. Listeners, if you know of anything that we can get involved in, please definitely let us know. Yeah, please. What are you reading, watching? What can you recommend for us to get through this time? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm currently reading Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. A great one. And it is so good. It's also interesting because I picked it up a couple of years ago. I was like, oh, this is so corny. I can't read it because I just wasn't actually mentally ready to read it. Big Magic is all about honing in on your inner creativity. And I had a really hard time reading it the first time around as well because I was like, I'm really creative. Like this is for people that like have zero creativity and don't Mm -hmm. even know where to find it. And I put it down. Mm -hmm. And a couple of years later, I picked it up again. And just like you, it was like, ah, all right. I got it. Profound. I'm obsessed. She is so real and honest and raw and just blunt. And there's a quote that she said that I have written down on a million post-its and has become like a mantra that I say to myself. And it's argue for your limitations and you get to keep them. And all I have to hear is what something like that once. And I, it's like tattooed into my brain. Tattooed. Love permanent. that. Love that. Love that. And that has been anytime you say I can, I won't, I, I shouldn't, I will not. Boom. Argue, keep arguing for that limitation. You get to keep that limitation. Right. It's just a really profound way of putting something that we all do. Right. Is that we're giving that so much weight every time we say I can, I won't, I shouldn't. Yep. But that book right now is incredible. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing so this much of your fun. wisdom. This is like just such valuable information for everybody right now. And someone DM'd me last week and just sent me a, such a sweet message saying, you know, I'm going through some hard times right now. And I really appreciate you introducing us to all of your wonderful friends. And oh, wow. that so just great. went straight through my heart. And um, I do have such wonderful friends and you are one of them. And I'm so grateful to you. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. I mean, I feel like I'm just on the phone with you. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Vs. See you next week.